Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee. is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Hi. Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. We are live outside UNF Arena for the first time ever, I'm assuming, ever for me. Ever for me. For me, too. All, All right. right. So ever. Ever. <laughs> ever, ever. Ever in the history of the show. And um, it's a beautiful night, but we're excited to be here because the Florida Gators are in town. They will be taking the court against UNF. It is uh, the Ospreys' second postseason play mm-hmm. in a row, which is exciting. But um, what is, is this the UNF alumni tent section that we're Something. at? Something. Lauren will give this us is more. Super, yeah, we'll get Lauren to uh, weigh in on this. But this is the super VIP area. There's food. There's a DJ. There's drinks. Um, there's swag. Plenty of lots swag. Lots of swag. Yes. Lots of swag and uh, UNF alum. But everyone is just excited. I'm actually really impressed because the game doesn't tip off until 9. So it's legit tailgating. Yes. Which I've never so tailgated is, for a basketball game. I know. I didn't even know that existed. Hey. Hi, ladies. Hey, How Lauren. are y'all? <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing? In Who is this person? How, are you down with us? How stressed are you right now? Uh, well, I was great all day, and then I just found out some stuff is not working that Uh-oh. we need to have working. So now my my anxiety is rising at a rapid level. Um, as long as I but get you a, look nice in your Osprey gear. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. As long as I get a text that things are working, then I'll be calm and relaxed again. But until then, I'm just going to be kind of um, freaking out. What does a day like this look like for you? So on a normal game day, get here around 9 a.m., make sure that the script is complete because so many different factors go into a script. You've got the cheer, the pep band, you got the PA announcer. We normally do promotions, so we've also got a promotions announcer, then the actual promotions themselves. So, for instance, if we do a Moe's burrito eating contest, I have to make sure that we actually do get the burritos on time, that we have the tablecloth ready, that we have a table ready, that we have the trash can ready, that we know exactly when in the game we're doing it. But if something crazy happens in the game, then at the very last second, we have to have a backup plan and so making sure that all of that is in order and that everybody knows what they're doing, that's a huge part of my job. And then also we have this new video board. So everything that goes up on the video board, I coordinate with our graphics person as to when it's going to show, how often, all that stuff. So it's it's literally a minute-by-minute, minute, sometimes second-by-second second timeline of what's going to happen before the game. And then once the game tips off, um, tonight actually will be really easy because we can't have any promotions. So I've just been excited for nine o'clock all day. This is the latest that we've had a tip, too. So it, That's what my I was whole wondering. schedule's a little Super off. Super late. Why is it so late? late? Because ESPN gets to decide when they put the games in the NIT, well, at, or any other event that they host, and uh, or show it, case, I guess you say broadcast. So Ohio State and Akron, they're the 7 o'clock, and they decided uh, that Florida and North Florida would be the 9 o'clock. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, and then, so the winner of Ohio State and Akron, if either team, I guess, is going to win, but if North Florida wins, then likelihood is they'll travel to one of those. Unless, let's say, it's Ohio State and they win and they don't want to host the next round, then it's possible we could have another game here. Why um, would you not want to host it? Oh, we would absolutely want to host it. No, I mean Ohio oh, State. Oh, oh, um, there is a possibility that they could have a women's basketball game because oh. the, their women are, I believe, in the NCAA tournament. And so that would obviously cause a little wrench in the plans. Um, so it's great for any institution that is able to host it. For us this week, it's a little hairy because it is spring break. So all of our offices have interns either on staff, like almost full-time or part-time. And this week we have oh, none. No. Yes. So when we realized we were hosting Sunday night, it was a mad dash to try to figure out how we were going to do this. So everyone's really just tried to do like every other job and, you know, help out other departments and stuff. So our staff's done a fantastic job. Um, I don't think anyone's gotten any sleep <laughs> since that announcement was made. Um, but, you know, that you live for moments like this in athletics and especially for our seniors, 
they thought their last game potentially not not ever because they knew they'd play a postseason game, but they just assumed their last game ever at home was mm-hmm. losing big to Florida Gulf Coast, and that's a you know not a fun memory to walk away with when you put your heart and soul into this for four years. So now they get another chance, which I think is awesome in front of their own crowd. Now, like we said, students not as many, but you know whatever they'll they'll live with that. But to me, that's the cool part is they get to potentially script a different riding off into the sunset. Yep. And if it's a great game, I think that's what they're, you know, most fans are looking for. If North Florida wins, then even better. And then, like I said, there will be another game for UNF. I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times, but where does your allegiance lie That's tonight? what I was going to ask. <laughs> She's so, been playing it cool all day, by the way. <laughs> right? I had no idea. No, yeah. I, I'm absolutely cheering for the Ospreys. When you get to know a coach or coaches, I should say, you get to know the players. Like, you guys have been around Coach Driscoll. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, all of his so assistant great. coaches are like that, too. They're all so wonderful. And so then also getting to know the players, that creates a different, you know, a- allegiance for me. But also there's the fact that I come to work here every single day. And, yes, I had a great four years in Gainesville. But it's also been a minute since I <laughs> was in the school. So it's a little bit different. But it's so funny. The very first basketball game of the season, North Florida played Illinois. And... And Bricks is our away game watch party place. So go to the Bricks. We beat Illinois. Like, season kicks off, you know, huge game, huge win for us, Big Ten team. And I said these words to someone because right after Florida played, and I don't remember who Florida played, but I remember saying to someone, man, I don't know what I would do if Florida and North Florida played. Like, uh, I don't know what I would do. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm a huge Florida fan, especially a huge basketball fan. And I was like, so I really don't know what I would do. I was like, good thing I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's exactly what I said that night. And now, of course, I am kicking, kicking myself yourself. for saying those Jinx words. Yourself. I absolutely did. But, but isn't you know. there a part of you... I mean, I guess it's a win-win for you, really. Uh, you know, Florida has had their day in the sun. Yeah. Um, they've won the national championship in college right. basketball. So they know what it's like to be all the way at the top. This North Florida team, I mean, UNF, the biggest they've seen was that ASUN conference tournament last year. Yep. Winning the championship, which was awesome, but then, you know, losing immediately after. So this is a bigger deal around here for these, you know, for these kids and then also for these fans. So the part of me that says, like, I think Florida almost thinks they're, like, not too good for it, but this is not where they ever want to be. You know, yeah. if you ask Coach Mike White that. Well, well, that's my next question is, you know, a school like LSU who bowed out of the NIT, how does it, how do schools make that determination whether they're going to play in the tournament or not? Like, what are the benefits I, I would imagine do you, do you happen to know for UF to play in this game? Um, I don't know the factors that go into it. Um, I know the hosting part of it, but I would assume that it's a matter of how much you're going to make versus how much you're going to spend in travel. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And because of, of all the LSU issues, you know, the state of Louisiana issues, I guess I should say, um, that probably get cast on to LSU, I would assume that that's a huge part of it for them. That's true. And I this, think game, about that. this game is here tonight. Is, is the only reason because the O'Connell Center is being renovated? Yes, in theory. Okay. We don't know what Florida would have done, right. but you would assume that, yes, they would host because the host institution gets to keep ticket sale revenue. Yeah. So you would assume that they would host as a higher seat. It is very odd in in all of the scripting and stuff. It says higher seed band plays the national anthem. Well, I'm oh wow. I was so afraid that if the opposing team, especially such a big name school like Florida, if Florida plays the national anthem, I was so afraid that someone would boo. Yeah. So we called them and asked if it was okay if UNF played the national anthem, and they said that was no problem. They understood. So there's really you know quirky intricacies that come with it not being the higher seed hosting that I, you know the NIT doesn't have like a bylaw. Well, if they chose not to host, then yes. This Is that the only them. thing that you've had to kind of... No, um, there's some other okay. stuff. So for conference tournaments, bands are allowed to have an amplified instrument. So, for instance, a bass guitar that you can plug in. Oh. Um, for the NIT, you cannot have that. So it's another thing that Florida... We don't have that in our band, but Florida has that, and so we had to tell them, unfortunately, you put it on the bus, but it's not coming in. <laughs> and those... I mean, it's certainly not our rules. So right. there's all sorts of stuff that's, I mean, you get a you get a huge manual, which my boss was smart. He sent that out last week and said, you know, in the event that we 
were hosting, you should all be kind of familiar with this. So you memorized it right away. So I did. I really, I really did, did go you? through it a lot um, because I knew that it was a good chance that if Florida lost yeah. to Texas A&M, that this would potentially happen. So it's funny too because a lot of people were really hoping this would happen. Obviously, of the course. fans, yeah. And then all of the staff, like I said, knowing that we didn't have interns, it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what do we do? Are we go- I know, right? And so, if any interns are listening, they're going to be like, you should pay me. <laughs> See, I told you we're valuable. I, I am just kind of the bummed. 10 one. Yeah, exactly, oh, yeah. right? I'm Crunch kind of bummed that it is spring break because this is a huge deal for the students. And a lot of students are either working, they go home, they plan trips, whatever. And so, I'm kind of bummed for them. Um, I Not that there's anything that can be done. No, it, but because this would have been, this is how I would liken it, to the college game day atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have, you know, whether it's the, the one on SC Network or whether it's the um, the big boys on ESPN, like all the fans with the signs yes. and the craziness, I think that's what this would have been like. Right. And so it is frustrating that it, it timing-wise didn't work out like that. But for the handful of students and, and you know, I'm assuming somewhere around between 500 and 1,000, somewhere in there, for that, that's when I say handful, that's what that means. I think they'll, you know, they'll have a blast. They'll have some signs, and this is this is a blast for them. And I know the Rowdy Reptiles, the big student yes. fan base, um, they are Frank said 50 of coming. them are coming. I'm surprised it's not more, but, yeah. you know, it's probably... Spring break. Yeah. Is it spring break for Florida, too? Oh. I'm not sure. It, it's usually uh, about know. a couple weeks difference. Right. Yeah. Or a couple weeks that all the Florida exactly. schools all right. go on spring break. Yeah. I, I feel like I heard someone say it's not Florida's, but I'm not sure. It oh. could be. So how late are you here until after the game? Well, if we win and we have any idea of what happens next, then I have no idea. Um, Sunday night, I left around 11.30 um, p.m., but hopefully we kind of don't know yet, and so then at least we start it tomorrow. If we lose, then it'll be once the game's over. Okay. Nothing. Uh, my my department's job is pretty simple. Facilities has a lot more work to do than us. But are we sold out? As of this moment, I don't think so. Okay. I heard like a while ago, a couple up, hours, it was 600 left. Right. Yeah. So I assume it will sell up by the time people start walking up for tickets. Yeah. Um, we've had a ton of people calling asking, and so I've encouraged everyone I've spoken to to just buy them online, print them at home. Okay. Or you can do the will call option for $3. Um, but you don't really want to be in will call lines. No. So I always recommend just get them online yeah. um, and print them. But if it if it does sell out before the game starts, then I'll hopefully hear that and let you all know. <laughs> Sweet. Well, we're excited. Thanks. Do you have to Thanks go uh, do a bunch of work now? Or can you hang out with us? Um, I am not sure yet. I'm going to have to check well, Lauren is the big dog on campus. <laughs> Tonight, not at all. So we're not, not going to steal your time, but you are bringing us a guest later on, right? I am bringing you our athletic director. Absolutely. He'll have some great stories great. for you. He's worked at multiple places and hired Billy Donovan for his first head coaching job. Nice. Yeah. Um, I do have to, though, mention the only part of the show I was able to listen to live last week was the very last segment. And I was driving and I was like gripping my steering wheel because you didn't know that Jordan Rogers was a jackpot. <laughs> We had no idea until she sold it us. For, for we felt weeks. so stupid. Oh, my gosh. No, I, heard, I heard the crosstalk with Tony and I. Was oh, like, my gosh. Quarterbacks. We've had 20 of but them But you know what's funny? Decade. Nobody tweeted us. Nobody no. texted <laughs> us to correct us. So we're not the only ones that didn't know who he is. Well, and I I was driving, like I said, while I heard you, and I was like, I, I know. Why didn't you text out. <laughs> Because I knew Tony. I remember oh Tony would God. have the story. Yeah. So I was like, they'll, they'll be good. But. And it is. It's true. Like what? As soon as he said that, I go. I remember coming in the next day and giving you a giant hug and say, "I'm so happy for you, a Vandy guy." Exactly. Speaking of the AFC South, what do you think about that Brock Osweiler move to the Texans? Well, I thought it was really interesting that his agent, Jimmy Sexton, of course, who's the agent for literally everyone, and right, that guy probably has more money than, honestly, than like Roger Goodell at this point. But I thought it was funny that or interesting that he wasn't allowed to even text teammates a single word when he went you know, dark and had to wait until all the negotiations were over. Can you imagine like texting your teammate and being like, Hey, how are you through all this? 
and you can't get a response and like just want to make sure you're okay nothing yeah like, that would really be frustrating i get why but to me it's like you would at least want to be like hey i'm good i'll let you know when things you know are all worked out but i i think the texans it obviously improved drastically mm-hmm. i was never a brian hoyer fan on like blaylock um so <laughs> That's the first person I thought of when when he said, or when I read that they were going to probably, you know, the Texans are probably going to trade Hoyer. Well, it's interesting because they they took Brian Hoyer's first seven games in the NFL, and Brock Osweiler has only played seven games himself. The stats are nearly identical. So they're essentially replacing Brian Hoyer with another Brian Hoyer. But I I think Osweiler has a much higher ceiling than Hoyer does. Well, we'll see. I mean,. It's still a good defense in Houston, but that's what he was playing with. And he was also replacing Peyton, who did nothing. Yeah, but I think the Texans have probably some more weapons on offense than the Broncos did. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know. As a as an AFC South person, I was like, oh, here we go. Right. I, I think that that move now makes the AFC South the premier division for quarterback play in the NFL within yeah. the next two within the next two seasons at least. I'll agree. Well, I mean, Brady's, no matter who's with Brady, I feel like that division. He, he does, Brady's in a, a league he's, he's, by himself. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's no one else team. in that division. <laughs> I know, but, overall, but I just feel like he's he's up there and it doesn't matter who's with him. Because we have yeah. Andrew Luck, we have Brock yeah. Osweiler yeah. now. As a, as a division, I agree with you. Yeah, I think, I think so. Well, we do want to know what you guys think. So we will be tweeting out a poll question with the addition of Brock Osweiler. Are the Texans now the favorite to win the AFC South? So Heck no. Answer our poll question at Helmets and Heels on Twitter. Yes, nah, or man, GTFOH. I think it's nah. Nah. Yes, I like nah. Like nah. I like nah. Um, ladies, nah. in yes. case I don't get to uh, join you when you come back, um, I am definitely looking forward to seeing you next week in Mandarin. Yes. Yes. And everybody can join us there. Yes. Uh, go. Well, to, not everyone, but you have to register. <laughs> well, yeah. anyone who registers. Yes. yes. <laughs> register at 1010XL.com, and we'll tell you more about that later as well. But um, we are going to be at a DreamFinders model home in Mandarin, and um, it is free. We will have food and drinks, and you can hang out with us during our entire live show, and that is next week. So we're really excited about that. All right, Lauren, um, if we don't see you, have a blast. Thanks so much. Go Ospreys. I'll hopefully be back, but if not, go Ospreys. Go Ospreys. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. All right, well, when we come back, we are going to do studs and duds. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes, live on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. In this world and they may be a monster. And if you want to feature on your record, it'll cost We are live outside the UNF Arena. UNF versus the Gators tonight. It is going down 9 p.m. Tip. It's a lot of Florida fans walking oh, in Oh, there they are. Big crowd of them. I knew there would be a lot of them a lot um but i'm still curious to find out how it's split like will there be more gators than osprey fans here tonight probably a lot of local gator fans not necessarily right. alumni right. coming right to the game i Absolutely. purposely made a choice to not wear orange anything that resembled Good. orange it's a repulsive color which i really don't have anything orange yeah i think i have one golf shirt and that's it an yeah. orange golf shirt well you know that people can see you on the right. course. Yeah. So when I yell four, they're getting out of the way. <laughs> they know that you are coming. <laughs> well, I do quickly want to remind everyone that we are going to be live next week. We're always live. But next week, we're going to be at a DreamFinders model home in Mandarin. Is it Mandarin Oaks Reserve? Am I saying that? Yes, I okay. believe so. Cool. Um, and you can come out and watch us. You can hang out with us for our entire show. You just have to register on 1010XL.com. There will be food and drinks, and you can hang out with us. So it's going to be a fantastic time. Just go to 1010XL.com and register for that. It is free, by the way, um, but you cannot come unless you register. That's right. That way we can feed you. Yep. And everybody loves being fed, especially me. And we have a Twitter poll out. We do. We do have a Twitter poll out, and a lot of people seem to like that one answer that I put with uh, hinted at the curse word. Oh, is that so? (laughs) But it says, uh, with the addition of Brock Osweiler, the Texans now the favorite to win the AFC South. Uh, We have Yes, Nah, and Man, GT, (laughs) 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 H. And lots of people seem to like that answer. Well, 
I think it's a great question because there's a lot of national talk about how right. now the Jaguars are going to potentially win the AFC South. Um, NFL Network gave them an A grade in free agency, which I thought was fantastic. So I think because of that, Jaguars fans are getting pumped up and they're like, yeah, you know what? We are going to win the AFC South. So with this whole Brock thing, they're like, mm, nah. I feel like it, for the Texans in particular, it feels like a, almost like a win at all costs, like right now right. type situation for them because J.J. Watt and, and their defensive line are only going to get older. So I think it's a, it's a win right now. And I don't know if Brock is going to be able to, to trans, transfer his game from Denver, a well-run organization, to the Texans, which right. is sort of, I guess, on the up and up. But the, the Broncos have always been there. I think I read somewhere that they have, they've had two losing seasons in like 15 years wow. with Denver. Wow. But he didn't feel the love. All right. Well, speaking of love, let's get to our studs. Donna Murphy, would you like to go first? My stud, and I'm so sorry she just left, is our own Lauren Brooks. Aww. She's been working nonstop. Uh, she's missed our show the past couple weeks yep. because of all the commitments. She is a true rock star. I know I texted her this weekend to be like, hey, just checking on you to see how you're doing. And she actually had Saturday off, Saturday off Aww, so good. I was happy for her. But yep. yeah, she's awesome. She's been, everything has gone off without a hitch, and she's been doing wonderful. If it hasn't, you don't know about it because she hides it very well. So yep. that's one of those things that she's at ev almost every single UNF event. And yep. I asked her one time, I said, don't you get tired of going to everything? And she said, no, it's just part of my job. Yep. 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 I was talking to her today. So she has basketball tonight and then baseball and softball the rest of the week, like all the way through Saturday and Sunday. So she's just an energizer bunny. She yep. keeps on going and we do miss her, but um, she's doing fantastic work. So I'm yes. really proud of her. You could mold a few of her. We love you well. A lot of companies would be really well off. Yeah, I know, right? For real. All right, Blythe. All right, my dud. I was going to go. Stud. Stud. Studs. Yeah, we always start with studs. I don't know why. <laughs> that was me. Both have been that off in the past couple studs. Of <laughs> So starting with studs, I was going to go with um, Uncle Chaps. Twitter personality. That's your stud? I said I was going to go with him. I oh just thought it was gosh. really, really funny how he, you know, in the, in, in today's society, how we're such a, a rush to get the story first instead of being um, the right story right. an accurate story that ESPN that and, is and a, pretty few funny. Other, the, a few other networks um, picked up that story, <laughs> the fake trade rumor. And who knows? It could have been a, a sign of karma whenever Olivier Vernon ended up signing with the Giants. Um, that was the, the fake tweet that got picked up by ESPN. Yep. I was going to go with him, but I'm going to go with um, Bryce Harper. Okay. He said in an interview with ESPN, the magazine, he made a comment that baseball's tired and that he, he cites the lack of celebrations that you see in other sports with like Cam Newton in football and uh, Steph Curry in basketball, that we don't have that in baseball and that baseball should embrace that type of atmosphere whenever it comes to and get rid of that old traditional thought. So I, I really thought that that was great for a young, I don't want to say up-and-comer because he's been right. killing it for the past few years ever since he came into the into the league. Um, but I, I think it's really a fresh take for a new guy to come in and say these things. And obviously it, ru it ruffled the feathers uh, of the old school guys. But I think that that's what baseball needs right now. Yeah, I'm really impressed with him. I really thought that once he was going to be um, the stud that he has become, I thought it was going to really go to his head because he came into the league seeing very confident and might go the other way conceded. But um, he seems to be, you know, still telling the truth. But doing well. Right. And, and that's, I think his personality sort of, I want to say sort of mimics that of Johnny Manziel, like that ego, that confidence. But at least Bryce Harper can, can actually back it back up, it up yeah. on the field. <laughs> I was going to say, um, maybe you shouldn't compare Bryce Harper to Johnny Manziel on this show because we do not like Johnny Manziel. That's right. Do we have a, a no Johnny Manziel rule? I think that was. Well, I think place. that it's kind of an unspoken rule now yeah. where Johnny Manziel is just the universal dud, so we don't even need to mention <laughs> yep. it. Like, don't even choose him. <laughs> more creative <laughs> yes okay my stud this is a once in a lifetime opportunity so everyone listen up this is never happening again i um i had a chance to meet tim tebow last week oh wow and everyone knows that i am not a gator fan in okay. fact i am a diehard seminal fan um 
he was fantastic. I was thoroughly impressed. I know that he's a great guy. I've never had anything against him, Tebow. But obviously, when you're a Seminole, you just don't like Gators. Um, and Tim Tebow always fell in that category, but I always liked him as a person. I always respected him because of what he does for not only the Jacksonville community, but nationally with his foundation. And so he held his uh, Tim Tebow Foundation Golf Classic this weekend, this past weekend. Friday night, he had a gala, and so he had a whole bunch of celebrities come through. And um, I got to meet him, and I interviewed him and chatted with him, and he was just, I was just so impressed. He's just always on the ball. Like He's never searching for words or trying to figure out how to dodge a question and answer it in a different way. Like He's just real, and I really appreciated that from him, who is a Gator. And did you tell him your fans are the reason why nobody yes. really likes that? That's really the worst part about him. It has nothing to do uh, with him. It's just yeah. his fans. Like, does he know he that your that. fans make people not like you? I think he knows <laughs> that. that. But it's not his fault. I Who know. am I? Who am I right now? Why am I sticking up for <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, yourself in the middle I of know. Like I said, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right. okay? As soon as I'm done talking, I will never compliment another Gator ever I really again. thought Gronk was going to be your son. What? That statement. I was like, what? oh, what a Gronk dude that I missed. <laughs> Why would he be my son? What did he do? in a lifetime. Oh. Because oh. he's always your dad. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything against Gronk. Um, all right. Let's move on to some duds. So I know we're laying off Manziel, and I have, but I am picking his former team, the Browns, the Browns as my dud. And that is because of the article I sent you, ladies. I don't know if you yes. opened it, but uh, they are now on the list of possibly the the worst team in NFL history, and that is their upcoming team because the few players that they did have, they let go. So they have stinkaroos on this team, and they could be the worst team Isn't ever. That crazy. I think it's hilarious. How do fantastic. you, if you're on that team, how do you have the motivation to want to be better when you see that there aren't any pieces there that could equal a winning team? Like, what are you supposed to do? I always hear the argument because some people will say, well, if I'm going to be a head coach in the NFL, I'm not going to the Browns. And it's 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 actually the opposite of that, that that's still one of 32 jobs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess right. the, the players that are there, they they might think in that in that sense of things. But I have a couple buddies that live up in Cleveland, and they talk about the fact of the, the Browns, that they should just take them and just pile them all in a car and drive them straight into the lake because that's how sick it's, and tired they are. Of the, it's I, bad. What, you, you think the Jaguars fan base is, is sort of bad in, in one sense and that they're over-emotional, but for the Cleveland Browns, we have no idea what misery is like. Mm-hmm. Who could be a Browns fan right now? That's crazy. Your turn. <laughs> okay, right, who's your dad? I'm going to stay on that same uh, baseball wave, and my dud of the week is going to go to Goose Gossage. Now, this is a <laughs> this is a 64-year-old, you know, Hall of Famer. He uh, does some some spring training work with the Yankees occasionally. Um, he doesn't necessarily have a full-time job in baseball, um, but he made some comments after Bryce Harper came out with his baseball's tired comments, and he said the bat-flipping Jose Bautista is a disgrace to the game, and then he blasted the analytics folks saying that the game is becoming a freaking joke because of the nerds who are running it. And my biggest gripe with this is that Gossage, he had certain things within his realm of playing time that were acceptable. You know, you could run at the catcher. um, Different uh, traditional things that he thought that didn't disrupt the flow of the game. But in this instance, what we're seeing with baseball is that we're seeing an influx of players, and we have been seeing an influx of players come in from the Dominican, um, from Japan, all of these different cultures. And in those cultures, bat flips and the excitement whenever you score on offense is customary. Mm -hmm. That's celebrated. Mm -hmm. And the only place, and baseball to me is the only sport that offense is not celebrated. You're expected to just trot around the bases and go back and have no emotion whatsoever. I like the fact that guys are going to be showing emotion and that they have been showing emotion. I think it's a good thing for the game. All right. Quickly, before we go to break, um, my dud. Here's the thing. I was kind of on the fence about this because I don't know how I feel, but obviously we know injuries are very prevalent in the NFL these days, and the NFL has finally come out and admitted that playing football uh, can cause CTE. Um, Well, now there is a Ravens player, Eugene Monroe, and he is advocating for the... Jaguar. Yes. (laughs) 
for the legalization of medical marijuana, and he went on this whole Twitter rant, um, and he said that he's donated $10,000 for medical research, and he's just urging all these players. He's saying that they can help curb traumatic brain injury, and I think it's an interesting debate. I just wonder if it will pick up steam. So I'm not against it by any means, but I'm also not for it. I'm like kind of on the fence, so I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Well, I think in still in Colorado, where it's legal, um, smoking marijuana, yeah. it, it, the NFL still doesn't allow you to do so. Right. Um, and I think that that's a whole, you know, other political debate. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, I, I think that he's, he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. They should pursue situations like this where they can seek help and it's not a, an addiction to a prescription drug that they're going to be suffering from for years and years. Yeah, right. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. All right, well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get back to basketball and we have a special guest joining us, UNF Athletic Director Coach Moon. So, Coach, we're going to hear from you coming out of the break, and we're going to hear all about this exciting night. So will you stick around and join us? I will be here. It'll awesome. be fun. I'm so excited. All right. Well, he will join us next on Helmets and Heels, live on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. We are live right outside UNF Arena. It's seriously such a beautiful night out here. Yes. I'm so excited. Um, I'm also excited that our next guest allowed us to be here. Mm -hmm. I feel like he had a lot of say in letting us or not letting us be here, and he has allowed us to broadcast live from UNF Arena for this huge night uh, when the Ostrays face the Gators. But we have UNF Athletic Director Coach Lee Moon with us. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here and great to have you guys here. You know, you realize part of the deal is 1010XL is one of our partners and uh-huh. broadcast the game tonight. So, and you know, we have one of your sidekicks that works for us. So, you know, <laughs> having Lauren around is kind of fair game so we want to have it part of the family now does lauren report directly to you yeah kind of sort of so it's we should the boss everybody reports right <laughs> right so we should put in a good word for her yeah you can, you? you can lie for her okay okay <laughs> i do like your tie though have you noticed his uh navy and silver tie nice. very nice it very is sharp. perfect yep. okay so here's what i want to know my wife dresses me well she is a fantastic dresser and she has a great sense of fashion so you should keep her around yeah i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> Coach Moon, what is a night like tonight? How do you prepare for this? How excited do you get for these kinds of events here? You know, I coached way too long to get too excited. I mean, I best thing for me to do, I worry about the management of the game. I can't play. I can't make a basket. I can't coach a second. Coach Driscoll's got to do it, and our guys have got to play and got to play with some heart. Got to make some shots. But I worry about the rest. You know, great night. No rain, so we got a lot of people. You know, I wanted, I'd like to, if I had my wish, I wish I could control that we didn't have as many Gator fans here. But, you know, when you go online and buy tickets, you can't control who gets them because I can't give them the litmus test, you know, to see who's wearing orange and blue or blue and gray. Wouldn't so, it be great if you could do that? Oh, yeah. Well, you could give them a test like who's the coach of the, Flor- uh, you know, Florida Gators or who's the coach of the UNF Ospreys and see, see if they can get that right. And if they answer Billy Donovan, then it's probably not a real Gator fan. or you know, So we see some of that. But it's that's what I worry about, the operation of the game and getting everybody in and, and having a good experience and making sure that my staff does what they're supposed to. Laura can probably tell you, she gets a little puckered because I'm, I'm pretty much a... I'm, I want things done right. Right. And well, organized. so does she. Yeah, and organized. So she's, and this has been her first year. She's done a great job. With, she takes care of the details and stuff and the marketing and knowing when the bands are supposed to play and when the right. cheerleaders are supposed to be up and when we can put the message board up and blink certain stuff and had the kiss cam and uh, all the, you know, all that stuff. So I want to make sure that's all done right. Right. And that it goes off like it's supposed to. And. 
and everybody walks out of here saying they had a great experience on UNF campus. This is, for us, this is a great opportunity to. There's there's a lot of Florida folks that have never been on this campus that right. are going to, including the their Florida basketball coaching staff. You know, I know a bunch of those guys because a couple of them worked for me a long time ago. So I mean, they walked in last night and said, "Oh my God, what an unbelievable campus! And wow, what a what an unbelievable! Can you recruit here? Yeah, I love. They, they were ready to come here. You know, it's a little different in Gainesville. Oh, then you're doing some recruiting on your own then too, probably. <laughs> no, yeah, well, no, I, yeah, I, I'm stay, I stay way ahead of that game. <laughs> now, Coach Moon, your football career goes back into the '60s when you played for Virginia Military Institute. Yeah. You were also an integral part of Billy Donovan getting into this game, hiring him at Marshall. Does anything surprise you being in this game for so long? Does anything surprise you now? No. 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 A matter of fact, I had, I had a little problem today, and I was dealing with it. And I told the, one of our student athletes and their parents, there's nothing you can say that I haven't experienced and nothing you've done that I haven't done. And that goes from being a student athlete to experiencing winning and losing and everything in between. So when you get this age, you just you rely on some experience, and sometimes it scares people. But it, it, I've been there and done that. Now, you mentioned Billy. See, Billy, I hired Billy in 1994 at Marshall. He was a third assistant at Kentucky under Rick Pitino. But probably, truly, Billy's a great hire, but probably my best hire is Dana Altman. I hired Dana Altman in 1989. He's the head coach at Oregon, and they're a number one seed. Yep. And he has been a head coach for 27 years at Kansas State, at Creighton, and now Oregon. And he's never been fired. And he's been to like 19 or 20 NCAs. He's he's the real deal now. Wow. He, well, you, don't, you probably you don't know much about him because he's been at Kansas State and he's been at. He was coach of the year. I had him one year at Marshall. Came in, was coach of the year, his first year, gone. Wow. Billy was coach of the year, his second year, gone. I've had a couple like it. Larry Scheid, I heard Larry Scheid, who was once a Gator. Y'all remember that name? He was the head coach of Clemson, he, and then I helped. He got fired at Clemson, and I got him on with Billy, and they made a, one, two national championships together. Hmm. And then he went back to Wyoming. He was coach. I hired him in Wyoming. He was coach year Wyoming his first year, and went back to Clemson. <laughs> and I did not get a finder's fee. I, and I got Dana. Uh, Billy did hire my son, the guy that was over here a minute ago. He coached at Florida for three years, and then he matured and got out of coaching. Okay, so you can ask one question. I can tell you a million. <laughs> Okay. Well, speaking of the, the next question, there's a historically whenever a team plays in the NIT tournament, the following year they do much better in the records. But some fans would say, well, watching the NIT is a waste of time. Why should someone, a basketball fan, any kind of sports fan, watch the NIT tournament? Well, there's some great teams in there. And you see what happens now in the NCAA. It's There's such parity at the bottom side. There are some really good teams that are in this field. And we got 15, I think, 15 teams who won the regular season conference championship and lost in the tournament that are in this field. And that, so that shrinks the big boys down to the really cream of the crop. So you've got really good teams on the bottom side and then really good teams on the top side. It's it's a fun tournament, you know, and it's it's the same format for us. It's a great opportunity. Why do you think that a, a team like LSU would would sort of bow out of going into the NIT when they have a player like Ben Simmons? We probably don't want to talk about all that. <laughs> uh oh, little too about to get a little sour. <laughs> they got issues, big time issues, statewide issues too. Yeah. UNFAD coach Lee Moon joins us now. Coach, we know Matthew Driscoll as this energetic, motivational, just all-around awesome guy. What is your relationship like with him? Good. You know, I mean, we're, it's a great relationship. He, you know, I, that's why I hired him. I knew that I needed somebody special here. Not only could, did they have to coach, they had to have a real high energy because we had no tradition. We had nothing. When I got here, we averaged less than 200 people a game. Wow. Uh, we had less than, we averaged 25 students a game. If I told you our revenue for a total season in basketball, you would pass out right here. When was that? Seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. okay. We averaged less than 200 people a game, and most of those were free tickets given to the players' parents, and it was players' parents, and 
and a few students, and it was it, it was crazy. Do you have a favorite memory? Yeah, probably the, the my well last year winning the conference championship was really special because that was where I thought we could be. Uh, but my, probably my most favorite memory here was the, when we beat Belmont. Belmont was really good, and we were still really a young team. And we beat Belmont when they were number one in our conference, 45 to 43. And our students stood around, and I went over and said, start pulling them out of the stand, saying, helping them out. I said, go storm the court. We just won a great game, and they didn't know how to do that. Oh, my so gosh. me pulling them out of the stand, saying, go celebrate with the, t- the team. Go, go, go. You know, and Sometimes now, you have to learn how to win. Well, you do. Yeah. I wear pants, too. No, no, you do. You really yeah. do. You have to learn now. And, and, so, and now we've come to where, you know, if we win a championship, we'll celebrate. But beating... Just anybody, it's you know we don't we don't do that. We just we take winning as part of what we're doing. Coach, what do you think about the the what do you think the solution to the the one and done rule is? Do you think keep it the same? Do you think alter it a little bit, or just get rid of it altogether? Oh well, we, you don't, you've asked the wrong question. Because <laughs> see, I'm old school. I can remember when college athletics where you had rivalries and you went to college to play and have have those rivalries and oh by the way get an education and right. graduate so I'm one of those I think you ought to have kids call this call it what it is whether it's football or basketball either you're semi-pro or you're a college football player or you're a college basketball player let's let's not be the minor league for that and that's what we've become exactly. one and done allows you to come in I can tell you how you can get around it Kentucky there's a lot of schools I want you that Kentucky's go. one of them yeah. for sure well but I can I can tell you how you can go to school and be eligible and never go to a class and that's a shame Okay, and never pass more than, you you know, because you only have to have six hours to be eligible after the first semester. Oh, wow. To be eligible for the second semester. And then in the second semester, all you have to do is register for classes. You're supposed to have your school make sure you attend classes. But if you take online classes, there are some ways that you can take online classes and do what you need to do. And then you're one and done and you have six hours of courses. Now, I'm not saying that a lot of people do that. <laughs> but but uh-huh. I'm, I'm just that's that's I've been in it too long. I know all yeah. the tricks. It's, it's how the rules are. I guess if the rules are there, some people are going to exploit them. That's exactly right. Do and you, that's, that's what's happened. Do you see that changing anytime soon? No. <laughs> until until the big boys decide that they've had enough dealing with the little guys. Yeah. And then they're just going to cut it and change the whole NCA structure and. And we're going to go back to a different level. Okay. And that's when the money gets really big money. And right. And that's what uh, Coach said, Co- Coach K said. Coach K <laughs> said at Duke is that it's constant recruiting. So he's always recruiting at all hours of oh, the night. Absolutely. And he, he can't enjoy a victory. He can't sulk over a loss. He's always, always, always recruiting. Yeah. Yep. Well, he had to change his whole philosophy because he was about college education and and getting kids to stay and graduate three and four years and do it and. And look what he had to do. And look what it's done to him this year. He's frustrated because, you know, he doesn't have the great players. He did the Kyrie Irving and the kid last year, whatever, Jamel Okafor, whatever his name was. You know, all those ones and dones. Well, he won a national championship. Look what it is now. He has nothing to build on, you know. Same thing with Kentucky, too. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, Kentucky is not what they've been in the past because he missed a little bit. You know, he misinvested. All right, Coach, quickly before we let you go, Uh-oh. what's going to happen tonight? <laughs> Give us a prediction. You know, I, I really don't know. I don't like to make predictions. No. I think we'll play better than we played the last game we played in okay. the arena because we laid the biggest egg we could possibly lay against Gulf Coast. Um, but we got to make some shots because we're good enough to do that. Um, it just depends on the tempo and if we decide we're really going to play defense. If, we, if we'll play defense and we make some shots, then it'll be an entertaining game. I think it'll be a fun game. Um, 
but I can't sit here and tell you whether we'll win or not. I don't know. It's, I think we'll be competitive. Crossed. It'll be a fun game. Absolutely. And well, we're excited. Hopefully we, everybody will walk out saying they were impressed with how we run the arena, how yep. our, about UNF basketball and how far we've come in seven years, and what a great job Coach Driscoll's done, and mm-hmm. who, who knows from there. Well, tip-off is at 9 p.m. I know that we're all looking forward to it. Coach Moon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for we having really me, ladies. It's a pleasure. You know, anytime y'all want to come over, come on. Right. <laughs> well, we're going to take you up on yeah, that. Yeah, we absolutely will take you up on that. All right, all right. well, coming up next, we are going to switch from basketball to racing because we spoke with female NHRA driver Leah Pritchett. She is in uh, the Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series, and she had her first ever win with Top Fuels just a few weeks ago, and we got to chat with her. That is coming up next on Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes, live on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Welcome back to Helmets and Heels. Amanda Forges joined by Donna Murphy. And we're really excited to have with us today NHRA driver Leah Pritchett. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to talk to you about all of your great accomplishments. So talk about what's going on in your life recently. Sure, absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for having me on with you ladies. Um, Quite a bit has been brewing up, I should say. I'm here actually at the shop at CBR Bob Vandergriff Racing, and we are coming off of my first uh, NHRA Top Fuel victory, which was about 12 or so days ago in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's uh, the first victory for BDR in about the last year or so. And um, we're, we're, we're doing well. We're, we're living in the moment. And at the same time, preparing for the third round of the NHRA Mellow Yellow Series, which is the Gainesville Gator Nationals in Florida, um, just this, not this weekend, but the weekend after. So kind of a lot going on. And I've got to say that um, I'm at the pinnacle um, at the very top of what's yet to be, you know, the best of my career. So it's been a very good week. Leah, I have to say, I have to admit one thing that I was watching Fox Sports one the other day, and it was right as your Phoenix race had ended, and you were being interviewed, and it struck me by how exquisitely beautiful you were. And my first thought was, my goodness, this has to be so tough for you in a in a male not dominated because I know women have been actually involved in this sport since the seventies, but in a male dominated world around you know NASCAR and Top Fuel and everything like that it is i mean it's a little it definitely is different um from the norm but i wouldn't say different from what i'm used to just because i've, I've been in the sport for so long and to your point yes uh, females have we have dominated from time to time um uh, more specifically erica Ender stevens winning two back-to-back world championships in pro stock uh, most recently but at the end of the day we are for sure male dominated when you look at the entire aspect of the sport so from drivers i believe that there's more there's more females there um in regards to comparing to crew chiefs and crew members so like my day-to-day is whether i'm at the track or i'm here at the shop and has been for a number of years let's call it maybe almost 10 is nothing but being around race cars and the crew and crew chiefs and it's male all the way i mean honestly when i get in a in a group in in a room full of females i i don't know what to do like that's out of the norm (laughs) for me (laughs) so to to be able to do uh, um what we're doing right now it from the outside looking in i guess it might seem a little bit a little bit weird but for me it's it's a comfort zone to be around so many men and and to be around this sport and just to be talking about race cars and and strategy and you know from POs to parts to tune-ups to whatever it may be for marketing um all of it really is mostly male dominated and and really i think that's just if you look back from just the nature of our beans um you know girls are kind of grown up and raised and given they are they're attracted to barbies and dollhouses and things like that right and and little boys are attracted to um, Legos and building things, and that's just you know that's in- inherent in in our nature. Um, and I think it, they, we just grow in those directions. But because 
our society has become a lot more homogeneous and because barriers have been broken within different series in motorsports specifically that um you know that the interest from females in hot rods and in racing altogether has been easier to delve into and then overall that's why you see more females now but but in the big scheme of things yeah we it's it's nothing but a whole bunch of testosterone <laughs> around here, that's for sure. Well, Leah, you've been racing in the NHRA since you were eight. How do you think the world of racing has evolved for women since then? Well, to be completely honest, when I was racing, there were when I was a kid, I started when I was eight in the Junior Drag Racing League, there were a ton of girls. I mean, I would call it almost 40% females uh you know little girls just like me running so i was i was used to that it wasn't until i graduated into sportsman ranks and started running different categories that not as many female racers were, were racing and i think that was because it took more um independency um you know owning a car and tuning it and transporting it and then working on it and so in, in the infancy stage, in junior dragsters, that was more a family atmosphere, and probably the parents really carried that torch, and, and, the, and the girls would go race, and the ones that found a love and passion for it carried it on, and, and the other ones just enjoyed their time. So overall, seeing, seeing women in racing, I'd say in the, last, in the last five years, and that just has to do with probably me paying more attention or being more available to other female racers at the track, has has had a huge increase. I mean, I'm 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 a big follower on Instagram. I like to post a lot, and I like to follow um, a lot of different female drivers, uh, specifically in in drag racing, and to watch some of them grow in these last five years, from junior dragsters to super comp to top alcohol to getting their top fuel license. To me, I think that's a little new, um, and that might be because I just honestly wasn't paying that much attention. To everyone else around me because I was just trying to do my own thing and, and make it, you know, go on my path. But now that I'm able to to kind of look at my surroundings and look at what other females are doing in the sport, I, I would I think it's fair to say that the uprising of females making progress in the NHRA in regards to moving up in the ranks and being more successful is really kind of it's really taken, you know, a, a very lateral move. And I, that has to do with every single one of us. It has to do with Courtney and Brittany Forrest, with Alexis DeJoria, especially with Erica Enders and, uh, and myself. We all have different stories, and we, we came about this all different ways. And I think that's inspirational to all the other you know racers that are out there that are in a different situation. And it shows you can get there and you can do it no matter what. Um, you, you just have to find your own way and your own niche. Leah Pritchett joining us from the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series. Okay, Leah, so you are now in Top Fuel Dragsters full-time. What made you choose Top Fuel over anything like Pro Stock or, or Funny Car? Well, I really wish that there, you know, that there was a choice. There definitely wasn't a choice. And because this is such a, a very difficult profession to get into and opportunities do not come very easy at all, you, you kind of take what's what's given to you for a very long time i had funny car that was on you know that was on my bucket list even though top field dragsters are the quickest and they're the fastest i had been racing nostalgia funny cars and short wheelbase cars for a number of years and that's what that's kind of what my comfort level was i thought they were super cool and badass and 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 so that was the direction i was going and i got my fuel funny car license with don schumacher and then then I didn't have a we didn't have any sponsorship to move forward and an opportunity came up for me to drive a pro mod for R2B2 racing out of Atlanta and that was you know I had never thought that I would drive a pro mod and to be completely honest with you I was a I was super I was scared because I'd raced around pro mods before and those were extremely ill handling race cars they crashed more than any other class just because they're, they're that difficult to drive and they're that sensitive. Um, but that was the opportunity I had at hand. And I go, you know what, if I'm going to grow as a person and grow as a driver and grow in this career and this is what is set in front of me, man, I got to do it. I'm going to challenge myself and become a better race car driver and, and, and join with this team and drive a pro mod for two and a half years. And that's what I did. After that, when that opportunity went away, that team dissolved, there was a top fuel opportunity 
And of course, again, you know, it's not like there's a dozen doors open and you get to choose what you know, choose what you want to do. You, you know, you got to make those opportunities happen. And when you know someone knocks and that door opens a little bit, man, you got to bust on through it. So in 2013, I crossed over my funny car license to Top Fuel, and that's what began this Top Fuel era for me. Was because that opportunity came in. I still would love to get back into a nitro funny car. Um, but really not as much as I want to drive and be successful in this top fuel car. So I, I'm, I'm very consistent, but at the same time, um, you know, my goals change as, as I progress. And if there was an opportunity someday, I'd love to, but we've got a lot of unfinished business in top fuel um, to be successful and to reach the goals that we want to do. So we're based in Jacksonville. You are going to be attending the Gainer Nationals, which is in Gainesville, which is very close to us. However, Daytona is also very close to us. How is it on your circuit? How is NASCAR looked at? <laughs> That's a wonderful question. Uh, NASCAR <laughs> is very, it's very much respected in our world. Uh, I respect it as a driver for the amount of time that those drivers are in their race cars, how consistent they need to be in attention to detail. NASCAR, it is kind of, yeah, we're in the same pool, but we're very much different fishes, and that's a lot bigger fish than us. My my world consists of marketing dollars to make these cars run because, yes, they I say that they run on nitro-methane, but they really run on dollars. And so NASCAR to us is... Uh, pretty much a competition for corporate marketing dollars. And, you know, it, it'll take anywhere from 15 to $25 million to run an independent or to be a part of one team in NASCAR. We're here in the NHRA, a championship caliber team runs on about three and a half to $4 million. And there's not that many, you know, there's not that many companies, corporations and private entities that, have that type of funds for marketing to engage. So for me, what's important to me is that they, that they are competition, but at the same time, motorsports as a whole, the, the bigger than a motorsports sanctioning body can be and people can follow, um, we, we do help each other out in the sense of raising awareness of, of fast cars and competition and personalities on the racetrack, no matter what the discipline is. But we do like to say, man, we go straight, we go fast, and, uh, and our, our sport is extremely intense, and we captivate the audience that really has a short attention, attention span, kind of like we do. And, uh, and, and NASCAR, you know, they do a really good job of turning left. So that's, uh, it, it's, a, it's, all, it's all fun, but the people in drag racing are diehard drag racers, and they understand the sport, and they love it for what it is. And the same thing for NASCAR when you look at the demographics of NHRA versus NASCAR, they are very similar across the board for male, female, the, the, the spend that they have in their households, the number of people, the number of cats and dogs that they have, their annual income is very, very similar, but they actually are not, it doesn't cross over. They're not the same people. They're not the same fans. So it just goes to show that motorsports as a whole between the NHRA and NASCAR and you, throw IndyCar in there too, really captivates um, a very, very large portion of our American and, you know, our interested international audience. Well, Leah, really quickly, before we let you go, what is next for you? What is next for me? Well, I'd like to say, uh, like on my bucket list type things, I mean, after an NHRA national event win, what you do from there is you, you set your eyes on a championship. And that is what we're doing. But at the same time, just like we won our race in Phoenix that past weekend, we did it by winning each round one at a time. And I think that's what it's going to take for me. And it's what, that's what it's going to take for our team to continue to be successful is to look at each race by each qualifying round and each elimination round. And when we do our job like we're supposed to and knock one of those off, then the, the sum at the end of it will put us in a position to be able to be then considered, you know, for a championship after we get into the countdown. So what is next for us is to accumulate enough points, hopefully a couple more wins before the countdown. That starts after Indy, which is after the U.S. Nationals in September, Labor Day weekend, and a, really a championship. But there's been drivers that have been chasing championships for, for decades. And, um, you know, so... I, I don't ex I don't expect anything except to be uh, very competitive and to be a contender 
for someday winning an NHRA Mali Yellow Championship. Well, Leah, we look forward to seeing what's next for you. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Leah. Bye. More Helmets and Heels next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars football by women, for women, and men. Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Well, we are um, down to two. And then there were two. Blythe Brumley and Amanda Borges joining you live outside UNF Arena. Honestly, for a Tuesday night, a 9 p.m. tip, I'm very impressed by how many people are here. There's a little pregame going on, and our table is set up right in the middle of it, and it's just fantastic. There's a DJ. There's food. There are tons of UNF fans here. We did see Gator fans walking by, so I'm sure there will be plenty inside, especially once the game tips off. But uh, UNF against the Gators tonight. Tip-off is at 9. We are actually going to... uh, get off in just a little while because the pregame show for the game will start right after us. Um, but next week, Helmets and Heels will be live at Mandarin Oaks Reserve. Um, it's an open house. It's a beautiful DreamFinders Homes model. So pretty. And uh, you can come out and join us. You just have to register on our website. It is free. We'll, be have, we'll have food and drinks and you can hang out with us. If you've never been to one of our shows, because we have events like this um, every once in a while and they're so fun and we really do enjoy meeting you guys um, and hanging out because it really is a fun it's an interesting setting because we're in this gorgeous house so it feels like a little bit of a house party. We do have to do some radio but um, in between we get to mingle and eat and drink with you guys so it's a lot of fun so just head to 1010XL.com and you can register for that. Um, we also have a poll going on and it has to do with Brock Osweiler. What are we dealing with like? Well earlier in the show we talked about Brock Osweiler joining leaving the Denver Broncos in place for the the Houston Texans yep. last week and we asked with the addition of Brock Osweiler are the Texans now the favorite to win the AFC South and I would say overwhelmingly they say no and really? that is there's only seven percent of the total votes that say yes they are now the favorite to win the AFC South you know I think that's because the majority of our listeners are Jaguars fans <laughs> so they're not going to vote for them <laughs> under any of circumstances not. and I can't blame them I totally get it especially now that with free agency and the Jaguars getting an A from NFL Network and the Jags getting so much national attention people really think that the Jags are going to win the AFC South this year and so why would they vote for another team maybe from a realistic perspective i think the the texans and the way that they're building is a little bit different they're they're building more for now that versus the jaguars who who sure some of the coaching staff would like to win now but realistically this roster is going to be panning out for the next few years right. not this season i think jj watt with the with the texans and a few other their other players are a little bit aging so they only have a window of a few years to really capitalize on his talent right well speaking of brock Osweiler, another quarterback, Mark Sanchez, made headlines earlier this week. He was traded uh, to the Broncos, and he made a statement during his press conference. He was asked, um, I guess, about just about his personal life or well, something about winning. He was asked about his personal life, and when and he followed it up with the comment, "Well, I don't have a girlfriend, I don't have kids, so I don't have any distractions. Football is my life." And when I was listening to Colin Cowherd's show earlier today, he mentioned that brought or not Brock Osweiler, but Mark Sanchez actually has the complete wrong way of thinking about this, that being having a significant other can sort of keep you grounded versus being single and having a lot of options out there available yeah. where if you're, he says that essentially him being married and having kids, Colin Cowherd said this, that it makes him a better broadcaster because he's a team, he has a team mentality at home and at work. What do you think about that? It's hard because I see both sides of it. Like I get what Colin Cowherd is saying that you have someone to go home to and confide in and so you feel more grounded and sometimes you can get someone else's opinion. Like if you go home to your wife and you're struggling at work or you just want to vent or whatever, you have your wife there to say, hey, well, it's not as bad as you think it is because X, Y, and Z and then she'll kind of talk you through it. So I get that. But 
but it can be a distraction because let's say you have three kids at home or even just one kid, you go home and you have your wife and your kid to pay attention to, which is fantastic. But if you've been working all day or if you're a football player, um, you don't get a lot of time to kind of unwind and relax. So I can see how it can be a distraction. Um, even just having a girlfriend can be a distraction, but I think it depends on the mindset of the player. Right. Because like you said, um, if Colin Cowherd says, hey, my significant other helps keep me grounded, helps keep me down to earth, helps to remind me what really matters, that's great. But not every player or even professional man feels that way. Um, it might even be more of a, a distraction to be single. That's, I, I think there's distractions on both sides of Absolutely. the coin that you can have. You know, the, the kids are throwing up or one of them sick and they need to go to soccer practice or your girlfriend's mad at you because you're not spending enough time with her. There, I think there's distractions on, on all friends. But I do, I, I, I do sort of tend to agree with Colin in that you can have that fresh perspective and you can have somebody come in and, and give you a different outlook on life, um, not necessarily having to do with football. Maybe if you're you're surrounded by football 24-7, you, you might get a little tired of it. I think I, I know for us, after the Jaguar season was done, we were sort of ready to have a couple breaks or right. have a couple weeks off just for that mental release. And maybe that's the case for some of these married guys. But then again, it could be a, a, a good break for them to get away from the married life. I wonder I wonder what other quarterbacks are thinking if they even know what he said. Because think of like Philip Rivers has I'm pretty sure seven kids. Eight kids. Eight kids. Okay. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of distractions when he goes home. Plenty. Tom Brady has a few kids. Um, Aaron Rodgers is dating Olivia Munn, so he's obviously gone to red carpet events and done other things. And that's she, a distraction too. That's a distraction, but she, that's interesting because she does like fly all over the place and have different appearances. So she, it's not like she's there all the time. I don't know. It's a mindset, and it depends, and it's whatever works. How you apply yourself. Exactly. Whatever floats <laughs> your boat. All right. Well, it is basketball time. March Madness is upon us. First round of the NIT is about to tip off, but first we have pregame. So UNF Gators, that is tonight in about 30 minutes right here at UNF Arena. Blythe and I are signing off from Helmets and Heels. I'm excited to see who gets the W tonight. We will see. Thanks for listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes live on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Thanks for checking out the podcast for Helmets and Heels. As a friendly reminder, you can always check out the latest on our Twitter feed at Helmets and Heels or on our website at guysgirl.com backslash Helmets and Heels.